You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. I'm fired up about my favorite sport, football. Fired up. It's football time. Yeah, and that's what we'll spend most of this podcast talking about is football. I think um, for this very quick first segment, Jimmy, let's just give a uh, postmortem on the basketball season um, we've we've kind of done that over the last two podcasts, so not a lot to talk about. But I do appreciate the way the team is handling the loss. I think John Petty said it best. Uh, somebody asked him, a reporter asked him in his post, uh, press conference, hey, how do you want to be remembered? And he goes, I want to be remembered as a winner. And I think that's how this team should be remembered. The further away we get from this uh, loss to UCLA, the more people will realize, oh, this team accomplished a whole lot. And I think that's a huge positive. Um, and also one other thing to add, I just noticed this today. I'm always a big, hey, who are we playing next year guy? Mm-hmm. And apparently we're going we're gonna to be at the Orlando Invitational, which will have Kansas and Iona, who we played in the first round, obviously, this year in the NCAA tournament and coached by Rick Pitino. Not sure who else is going to be in it, but those two right there are intriguing. And then um, we're going to travel to Houston, apparently, to, to, to have the return game that didn't happen. I guess we'll figure out a way to get Houston back to Tuscaloosa sometime, but Houston, of course, in the Final Four now, that's going to be a fun game. Uh, I think we're traveling to South Alabama, and I know we also play Memphis next year. So we've got some fun games on the docket for next season, and um, that's what you want. I mean, it gives us a lot to look forward to, and I love it. Absolutely. One of my favorite Alabama teams of all time, and and that's saying a lot. I mean, to me, it says a lot because – I went to school. I was actually in school during the Horry, Sprewell, James Robinson teams, and, and, and it's tough to replace them as my favorite Alabama basketball team of all time. But, but I believe they may be. And in terms of the most accomplished teams, you know, I, I would make the case they're the best team in school history. I would make, I, I'm happy to make that case. However, I'm also satisfied with saying they rank alongside the Rocket 8 team, the 76 team, the 87 team, the Elite 8 team, and the Horry Sprewell Robinson teams as the best Alabama team of all time. They rank alongside them at worst. And uh, that's just a hell of an accomplishment in year two for, uh, for Nate Oates. And, and the future is incredibly bright. I've said it before on the show, uh, I said on my radio show, and I said on Crimson Country Club today. I, I believe Alabama will win the national championship next season. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not adamant. I'm not, I'm not betting my mortgage on that. I, I'm just saying that's what I believe. And uh, if anything, people should take it as, wow, there's a lot to look forward to next season. <laughs> there really is. That will be very good. Again, I can't wait to see J.D. Davison uh, in an Alabama uniform next, next year. And we'll see how the roster shapes up. Um. Okay, I'm, I'm hesitant to get this clarified from you because I do have my three kids in the car while I'm driving back from Cincinnati to Alabama uh, after taking my two sons to Denver. Um, but are you saying Robert Horry? Isn't it Horry? 
Ori. I think it is pronounced Ori, Ori, and the H is sort of silent, but it's kind of one of those things where I'm that way with names, even going all the way back. However I say it the first time, I'm going to say it that way. It's going to be very difficult for me to change it. Yeah, but, but this is like, you know, it reminds me of that, uh, what was the commercial with uh, the, the guy who kept saying uh, the the interviewer's name and finally the, the interviewer said my name is pronounced Dumas you know <laughs> uh, and, and yeah I don't think Robert Ori wants to be called Robert Ori now he did play for a lot of teams and so probably I guess you not tie it in that way hey yeah. he's the one hey he's the one that put the H there he yeah, put well, the no, H he there. that's I mean, on his, him his family did yeah that is on well, him I, there's nothing uh, worse than a, a letter that doesn't need to be there that stays silent you're right about that <laughs> I don't know. You I know, recently my, made a joke. I recently made a joke about a, a silent T starting someone's name. There's a lot of that, you know, with a, uh, somebody's got a name that's got a T and an S and, and the, the, the T is silent. And uh, I recently Chiku. made it. I was just, yeah, it, it, exactly. And I was making a joke about that recently, just a Twitter joke. And uh, one of my favorite buddies, uh, famous Alabama beat writer, Tony Sukalis chimed in and says, I feel like yeah. I've been attacked. <laughs> and I was saying, but, I was saying, I'm sorry, man. And he hasn't talked to me since. I think he really was mad. That's funny. So, uh, my uncle, I apologize, this, I apologize my uncle, again to Tony Sukalis. It was just a joke. My uncle in Atlanta swears this is a true story. And he is one to embellish, but not one to lie. So I feel like it probably is a true story. But he was, a, he was an assistant DA and then the DA in DeKalb County for a long time and he was getting on the elevator in the courthouse or something. I can't remember the, the, the whole impetus of the story, but um, he said he was just on the elevator and there were two women, one of them obviously pregnant. And one woman said to the other one, hey, you know, you having a boy or a girl? And she said, I'm, I'm having a little girl. I said, great, what, what are you gonna name her? She said, I'm gonna name her uh, Jakeisha. She said, what, that's a beautiful name. Um, so tell me how you spell it. She goes, Q-U-I-T-I-A, no, Q-U-I, Q-U-A-T-I-A. And she goes, now, wait a minute. When I was, I'm trying to think, shouldn't there a J be in there? And the lady said, yeah, the J is silent. And I was thinking, and my uncle said, so silent, it's not in the name. It's, that's how <laughs> silent it is. It's not even in the spelling. It's, it's invisible. It's silent and invisible. Um, but, um, hey, to each his own. I mean, I have people call, uh, you know, screw up names all the time. I'm trying to think what the, uh, another story, I think I've told this on the podcast, when um, a friend of mine got a speeding ticket in Wetumpka, Alabama, and he had never been through Wetumpka before, and he was late to something we were doing, and he, I said, man, what happened? He said, I got a speeding ticket in Wetumpka. Wetumpka. Like, you got a what? Where? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's just funny how pronunciations yep. can be, but uh, I think Ori's pretty easy. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm having a problem Ori. understanding how you missed that one. Oh, well, it's because probably like when I was in college or when I was following his recruitment and when I was in high school, we're the same age and I saw his name H-O-R-R-Y. I was always calling him Hori until some announcer says, you know, he likes to pronounce it Ori. And I'm like, wait, too, too late, man. I've been saying Hori for six months in 1988. I, I said Hori for six months in 1988, and here I am still saying it in 2021, but that's just how it's going to be. 
that that reminds me. I, I know, like, I'm way off topic, but it reminds me of a Louis C.K.'s joke about uh, when he says that, uh, you know, we should not call Native Americans Indians. He said because they're not Indian. He said, I know. We said we just called them that. You know, when Columbus landed in North America. He saw Native Americans and said, hey, y'all are Indians. They were like, no, we're not even in the same area. We're not Indian. And he was like, ah, you're Indian. And he said, can we just call them Indians forever? They're not Indian. And, and, and he's got a good point. He's got a really good point. But, we're uh, still calling them Indians. We're just... he said, yeah. He's right. He said, he's we've right. just been calling them worst. Indians forever. Yeah. We're the worst. It is the worst. Um, all right, Jimmy. So if you want to bet on Alabama – to win the national championship, go to betonline.ag, check them out, use the promo code locked on, get a 50% welcome bonus, put in $100, you get $150 to play with, and you can bet it on Alabama to win the national championship next year in college basketball. Jimmy's already guaranteed it. I don't know if it's a money back guarantee, but I'm pretty sure it is. You can contact Jimmy, I'll give you his cell number. Betonline.ag is where you want to go to put that bet in, or if you want to bet on this year's Final Four, go to betonline.ag. And until the Final Four, you can bet on poker, you can bet on blackjack, you can bet on other games, European soccer, uh, Switzerland tennis, uh, you can bet on reality TV. Whatever you want to bet on, go to betonline.ag. They will have it there for you. Betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On. Also, want to tell everybody about Built Bar. Built Bar, absolutely delicious. I've got my son in the car with me right now. I've sent him some Built Bars. He loves them. They're good to maintain or lose weight. They're covered in chocolate. You've got at least 18 flavors, and they've got all these great funky flavors like chocolate, coconut, brownie chunk, everything. It's all good. Go check it out. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20, and you will get 20% off that order at BuiltBar.com. Jimmy and I would appreciate it. They're our favorite snacks. Uh, now, we don't maintain weight. We gain weight, but not because of Built Bar. It's because of all these other bad eating habits we have. But Built Bar helps us to stay in the pants we already have. So go to Built Bar, check them out, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and get 20% off that order. All right, Jimmy, uh, you wanted to talk about football stuff? Uh, go I for do. It. Yeah, you know, uh, two things. There's not a lot of information coming out of spring practice for two or three reasons. Uh, number one is uh, credit Nate Oates and the basketball team. I, I think Alabama fans, even those that normally aren't excited about basketball, were this year. Uh, credit this great team, this fun, exciting style of basketball that's fun to watch. Uh, and and we won, and we won deep into deep into March, and uh, and therefore all the attention was on basketball. Uh, secondly, and probably an even bigger reason, uh, due to COVID. Uh, there's no beat writers at practice. So, so there is literally no practice reports. And you may say, yeah, even if we had practice reports, you know, they're only there for a few minutes. But still, they generate reports as stuff that fans, fans of this podcast will be the type fans like me and Luke who read every practice report. Can't wait to read the great work of the great Tony Sukalis and, and, uh, and the BOL guys like, Hank South, Charlie Potter, and Travis Ryer, and Rodney Orr from Tyler Insider, and the AL.com guys, Michael Casagrande, and Mike Rodak, and Aaron Suttles from The Athletic. All these guys, they have these practice reports that we can read, and we get excited about it, but there are no practice reports due to COVID. So when you 
I think add up those two things, that's how we wake up on on Tuesday, March 30th, and we're like, did y'all know that spring practice already started and we've already had five practices, so one-third of the spring is already over? Uh, it's crazy to wake up and feel that way. And then, then the, the next question is, what's happened? Is there any news? Well, here's the news as we know it. We have five or six players out for the spring or very limited players like Malachi Moore, Emil Echior, Pierce Quick. Uh, that's just uh, John Mechie. Uh, that's just off the top of my head. I think there's a couple more uh, that were injured during the season and they are understandably taking their rehab very slow. Trey Sanders, obviously very limited in what he can do. Uh, so we have several guys out. And then we've gotten a couple of guys banged up as what happens when large humans bang into each other as part of their daily routines, they get hurt. So we have several guys out. That's going to lead Luke to lots of experimenting, lots of moving players around, which is part of my rant today. Uh, I think most of the people that listen to our show already know this. And if you don't, that that's fine. It's easy to learn, but this has to, get through some people's heads. Nick Saban himself even somewhat ranted about it in his first press conference after the spring. And, th and that rain is this. Look, we have positions like, like everyone in football. We have at linebacker, we have a Mike and a Will inside, and we have Jacks and Sams outside. And, and in the defensive backfield, we have a free safety and a strong safety, and we have a boundary corner and a field corner. We have all of those things in some personnel packages but in the majority of our personnel packages we don't do things like that we are actually so simple in our attempts to simplify everything because everybody's like why do we make it so complicated let's make it more simple we try to do that and one of the things we've done to simplify things is largely instead of doing all that strong and weak and, and mike and will we just basically play left and right all the time we just play left and right and what that means when you do left and right, right and left, and that's the designation, that means every Mike has to know Will. Every Will has to know Mike. Every free safety has to know strong safety. Every strong safety has to know free safety. Every field corner has to know boundary. Every boundary has to know field. It is left and right. They, they call it cross training. And it is a fact that we do this. And we do it on offense too. Every left guard can play right. Every right guard can play left. The tackles are interchangeable. Some guys play tackle and guard. So much of this is accomplished during the spring when there's a lot of experimenting and a lot of teaching that goes on in the classroom and on the field. Spring is a time of teaching for the players to learn the scheme and learn the playbook and learn what we're doing. So I think in the future, I think everybody that listens to our podcast ought to be aware of that so when it's discussed on the message boards, we can not necessarily correct other fans, but you see a whole lot of, wait a minute, what do you mean Moody's going to play Mike? I thought he was a Will linebacker. No, every Mike knows Will. Every Will knows Mike. Every Jack knows Sam. Every Sam knows Jack. <laughs> that's, that's how we do things at Alabama, period. And it's not brand new. We've been doing this for a while although I don't think we were initially doing it back in 07, 08, and, and 09. It was just basically something we've morphed into in an attempt to improve yourself all the time. So we extensively cross-train. These kids know more than one spot. In the secondary, they know two or three spots. Pretty much every corner 
and safety, no star, they know money. They're, they're all trained to play other spots in case of injury. And you're always looking for the best player at each position. And that's how you do it by moving them around. So uh, let's not get all focused on who plays Mike and who, who, who's a free safety and who's a strong safety. They're all safeties. They all know both spots. So there, that's, that's that one was, of my ranks. That was today. well done. You know, Thank you. it gives me an idea. One day we're going to have a podcast and we're going to explain Mike, Will, Jack, Sam, just because mm-hmm. there are some people that don't sure. know. And, mm-hmm. and some people just don't want to ask because they're like, if I ask that, you know, um, I don't really understand all of it. And I think sure. I also want to do one day is have somebody explain cover two, cover three, nickel, right. all that stuff, dime. You know, that's, you know, I'm talking out loud now, but mm-hmm. you, you mentioned money. Let me tell you something about money. Kaleidoscope Media will save you some money on your new renovation. Go check out kal-media.com, kal-media.com. Michael and Cassie Moore, a husband and wife team, they started this business to help you visualize your architectural needs for your next rebuild or new build or whatever. They want to help you. And Michael Moore, he spent two tours of duty in Iraq, He's a decorated disabled veteran who has just got a passion for this. And so does his wife, Cassie. They, they teamed up together. They're right there in Baldwin County. Go check them out at cal-media.com. That's Kaleidoscope Media. They want to help you. Give them a chance. Just call them and talk to them. See what they can do for you. They, they want to help you bring to life your vision for what you want your home to be. If it's a new home, if it's a remodel, whatever it is. They've got all the capabilities and all the know-how, and they care about it. They want to make you happy. So give them a shout. Go to cal-media.com. That's K-A-L-media.com, Kaleidoscope Media. Michael and Cassie Moore want to talk to you today. All right, Jimmy. uh, Finally, for this podcast, let's talk about some of these. You know, the NFL, man, they had some trades go down the other day and i mean lots and lots of moving parts here um and i'm i'm wondering what do you think the implications are for the alabama guys who will be drafted because you know san francisco moves up to three and i i have a hard time believing they're going to take mac jones at three but man every time i read an article it's like man the the 49ers really like mac jones Mm -hmm. Well, I think the 49ers moved up to take Mac. I, I think that. Now, I can be biased because I love Mac Jones. I love Alabama, but I'm also working for QB Country, and Mac's now forever a QB Country guy. So, so I really root for him for the success of the company, among other things. But, and, uh, and just to show what great work David Morris and the other coaches do with these guys. So, so maybe, maybe there's some hopefulness in what I'm saying, but there's actually some logic in it, too. And basically – uh, when I say the 49ers moved up to number three to take Mac Jones, uh, Daniel Jeremiah is saying the same thing. So I'm in good company. This is the reasoning behind why the 49ers would do that. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, has, for this season, is going to be paid $25 million. That's why the 49ers cannot move him or trade him if they really wanted to, because whoever takes Garoppolo is going to be paying him $25 million which is a lot of money to pay to someone who has played like he is worth that when he is healthy. But Garoppolo has been very unhealthy for two years and thus has not played great when he's played. 
because he's been hurt. They think he's healthier now than he's been, and they're excited about the season. The 49ers believe they are a Super Bowl team with a good, healthy Garoppolo. So they're going to keep him, and they're excited about that. But due to his injury history and the size of his contract, when this season ends, the 49ers can get out of the Garoppolo deal, and he will simply become a free agent. So the 49ers desperately need a starter in 2022, and they believe they're in a Super Bowl window. And their Super Bowl window opens even wider when you consider they could have a second-year quarterback starting in 2022 who doesn't make much money. Think of how much money they save when you take $25 million off the books and replace them with a quarterback you're paying around $1.5 million dollars. In the, second year, in the second year of his deal, one and a half, two, two and a half, however they count the initial uh, signing bonus against year two, that's where NFL contracts and the cap get complicated. But nevertheless, the point is the 49ers feel like, man, if we can draft a quarterback that's good enough to help guide a Super Bowl team in year two, then we've got a dude. Well, Trevor Lawrence won't be available at the third pick. Zach Wilson won't be available in the third pick. The only quarterbacks that would be available worth taking would be Matt Jones, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. So my thought, along with Daniel Jeremiah's and other NFL experts, is this. Which quarterback is the surest bet to be good quickly? That sort of takes Trey Lance out, doesn't it? Maybe it doesn't because Trey will get to sit his first year and learn from Garoppolo. But Trey Lance also hasn't played a lot of football. He played one year of FCS football. Does that sound like someone you want to draft and ride to the Super Bowl in, in year two of his career? Justin Fields, there's evaluations all over the place. Some people think he should be the first pick in the draft. Other NFL teams think he's a third-round pick. I mean, I don't know that you take – and that leaves Mac Jones. Well, you know what you got in Mac Jones? I just answered my own question. You know what you've got in Mac Jones. He's a championship-winning quarterback. He's more mature than, than the other guys mentally. He's the best quarterback on the whiteboard in this draft. All 32 NFL teams agree on that. He came to the Senior Bowl. He's doing his second pro day. They know him well. They know what he is. I think the 49ers are going to take Mac because he's highly similar to Garoppolo. You don't have to change a thing. In fact, if you think about it, Mac and Garoppolo are highly similar players. And you can have Garoppolo. Mac can learn from him in one year. Garoppolo leaves. Mac will make one-tenth of the money, which allows the 49ers to really spend on free agents in 2022. And maybe they don't skip a beat. Maybe they think Garoppolo to Mac will be seamless, and they can win a Super Bowl even in Mac Jones' first year as a starter in 2022. So that's my pitch for why I believe the 49ers We'll take Mac. Now, if Trevor Lawrence slides to them, will they take Trevor instead? Yes. If Zach slides to them, will they take Zach instead? Yes. But I think they think, you know, Mac Jones, there's a lot of reasons why he's, the, why he's a good selection for us. The 49ers are definitely taking a quarterback of three. They said so themselves. So I think it's Mac. If I'm wrong, it's Trey Lance. And they're gambling on Trey Lance being Patrick Mahomes, who – same thing in Kansas City. Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for one year, gained valuable knowledge and limited experience. But in year two, his year two in the league, first year as a starter, the Chiefs were a Super Bowl threat. 
they may see in Trey Lance some of the things the Chiefs saw in Mahomes. So if I'm wrong, it's Lance. But I think I'm right, and I think it's Mac Jones. You know, I'm not a 49ers fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I would certainly become one if they drafted Mac Jones in that spot. Uh, did he run a 4-7? Did I see that? Yeah, two things. Uh, number one, he did. He did. He's worked his ass off uh, with the strength and conditioning. That's part of what he's done with QB country. Not that he didn't have the best strength and conditioning in the world with Alabama, but I think when he was with Alabama, he was doing a lot of quarterback training about that film room, X's and O's, watching the opponents. Uh, once the season ended and he didn't have to prepare for an opponent or learn a specific offense, he's focused a lot more on the strength and conditioning part of it. And I think he's gotten more athletic, quicker, quicker, stronger, faster in his time with QB country because we do have strength and conditioning coaches that work with them around the clock as well. And uh, Mac did run in the four sevens. One thing is that was hand-timed. Everything at Pro Day at Alabama is hand-timed. As a general rule, I think it's fair to add point one to all the times. And so, you know, Mac ran like a four seven four. I think that's probably a four eight in reality. But hey, a quarterback that runs a legitimate four eight, that's not bad. As a matter of fact, Mac ran the 40 faster than Miller Forrestal. And my reaction to that is, wow, Mac is faster than I thought. And Miller is slower than I thought. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was two things I had wrong. That was, that was two, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, buddy, that's going to do it for this podcast. We'll talk more about drafts coming up, talk more football stuff, talk about Dylan Moses apparently playing with an injury the whole entire year last year. Shame uh, on you fans for criticizing on. Dylan Mo Moses. Shame on you fans. Yep. Yeah, very true. Uh, all right, buddy, roll tide. Roll tide.